Welcome to Excited by the Science, brought to you by the experts at Edons. Hi everyone, it's Michael Judge here, coming to you from Canada. And today I wanted to talk to you about a really fascinating paper that I read recently. The title of the paper is Nanoplastics Measurements in Northern and Southern Polar Ice. And this is written by a number of researchers from Belgium and elsewhere. What they did in this research is they went to both extremes of the planet, uh, Greenland specifically in the north and Antarctica in the south, and they were looking for the presence of what are known as nanoplastics. So the authors point out that the dispersion of very small uh, plastic fragments throughout all corners of the globe has become a real concern, especially fragments that are too small to be uh, seen or to understand that we're interacting with, and yet can find their way into the body through a number of mechanisms and have harmful effects. They point out that in 2019, about 400 million metric tons of plastics were produced worldwide. This is an enormous quantity, and it stands to reason that some proportion of that is going to find its way dispersed throughout the planet. However, the dispersion and the action of nanoplastics, so these are particulates on the nanometer scale, is not well understood. So this research was an attempt to get a better understanding of how those plastics are, are moving around the globe. So to do this, they went to Greenland and they dug down about 14 meters into the ice there. And based on the various uh, tests that they did, they determined that was dating back to about 1966. So in a way, kind of a time capsule. And they also went to Antarctica and sampled the sea ice in that location. The actual processing of those samples was really fascinating. It was done under very sterile conditions, so not to introduce any additional nanoplastics. Essentially, the ice was melted. It was filtered through a 200 nanometer screen, so that would ensure that only nano-sized plastic particles were moving through it. And then it was subjected to a thermal desorption process to essentially break down and volatilize the components of whatever plastics happened to be in there. They then used a really interesting technique called a PTR, um, proton transfer reaction, time of flight mass spectrometry. And in this technique, which is relatively recent, hydronium ions are exchanged with volatile ions in the, uh, in the specimen to create uh, ionic analytes, which can be separated through the time of flight portion of the mass spectrometer and then detected. So this is a highly sensitive technique, which can look at parts per trillion levels of analyte. And this is what was used in this particular paper to assess the presence of nanoplastics in these various ice samples. In order to determine which particular plastic they had, they looked at a kind of ionic fingerprint where they looked at 40 unique ions characteristic of typical plastics like polyethylene and so forth. The results were really, really amazing. What they found was that there were indeed levels of plastics um, in the form of nanoscopic particles in both these locations. They were higher in the Antarctica region, around 40 nanograms per mil, whereas in Greenland it was somewhere around 10 or 20 nanograms per mil of these plastics. They were also able to identify the particular types of plastics. 
Polyethylene was typically the most common. We also found um, PET, which is a common plastic used for uh, bottles and so forth, for disposable water bottles. Uh, they found tire wear as well. So this is just rubber and other particles being shed from car tires as they're being used. Uh, those were found in Greenland, but not in Antarctica. The impact of this is really important because it's showing that the, this type of pollution, which is still not well understood, is being very widely dispersed all over the globe. If I had to um, point out one thing about this paper that I felt could have been an improvement, they found that they did not identify polystyrene in Antarctica, even though previous studies had found it. And the authors offered a reasonable discussion of why that might be. However, I feel that as scientists, we always have to be careful not to necessarily explain away either positive or negative results um, without looking at every potential for, for error in our, our own procedures. However, other than that, this was a very well-written paper on a fascinating subject, and I highly recommend it. Thank you. Bye for now. Asking the right questions is key to making breakthrough scientific discoveries and advancements. And as the research landscape grows more competitive and complex, finding innovative interdisciplinary research ideas is more important than ever. The right questions address the most important issues in your field and make it easier for you to conduct high impact research. At Edons, we can help you to generate these questions, outline a potential study, and present it in a way that helps you to secure funding and quickly make your idea a reality. Our team of creative experts will conduct a deep analysis of the research landscape in your field, identifying gaps, finding the right questions, and helping you find inspiration for your next project. We can also help develop innovative study concepts, a synopsis, and a full protocol, so you'll have a study that is very likely to be accepted by a high-impact, peer-reviewed publication. Let Edons help you to make informed decisions, save time, money, and resources, so that you can advance your field and make the world a better place.